Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Um, for those of you on Taylor Swift Concert Watch, Uh-oh. I just want you to know, and you'll know why this is significant, do you know what today is? It's, it's 13 days until I see Taylor Swift. Oh, oh okay. And, and 13. That's it. It's like a thing. She likes that number. Yeah. Like, as we all know right. and understand, 13 is a thing. You all should, you all know this by now. By now, yes. Yeah. Do you know, there was a clue in the New York Times crossword puzzle day before yesterday that Justin and I were sitting there trying to figure out, and it was a uh, song with lyric, don't mess with the bear or something, her claws, something about her claws, or you'll get her claws. And you'll poke that bear till you the claws that, come out. Yes. Yeah. That's Taylor Swift. Yes. It's Mad Woman. Yeah, well, we didn't know that. We had to fill in <laughs> most of that. it before. We, I was like, it looks like they're trying to say Mad Woman. Maybe that's it. I don't know. That's it? But I, we really had to fill in almost every clue around it. To That's one of those clues I would have gotten right off the bat. Those are rare, but would have been one of those. I, there, I, there are a number of um, joke clues in the New York Times crossword puzzle. And you know it's a joke because the clue ends with a question mark. Mm-hmm. And that is their way of saying, this is a clever little joke for you. <laughs> this is a this is a clever little joke, perhaps a pun. I, <laughs> I like the ones that are trying to get you to put down a sound or like, a, like an expression of sorts, like a sigh oh, or a yeah. groan. Mm-hmm. And they do that by giving you brackets and then putting like words inside. And it's like, basically what you must be thinking if you're groaning or you're sighing <laughs> or you're whatever like ah oh, man can't believe i lost or something like that and they put it in brackets and it's like oh this is supposed to be like internal monologue when you're expressing something <laughs> took me a while to understand that um i don't really know what the sometimes they sometimes they hit sometimes i don't know what they're doing there <laughs> i the the introduction they have rebus answers now mm-hmm. Where you actually have to put two letters in a box or even a word in a box. That is not, I don't, I'm not fine. That I'm not okay with that. There was one that, uh, <laughs> it, Taylor's looking at us like we're the two most boring people who have ever. No, I'm just real. I, I have never in my life interacted with this, with the, the crossword. I didn't used to. And then when I started school, they gave us a free New York Times account. And it comes with most of the ones that schools give you are just like for the news, but it comes with the game. So I was using it for Wordle every day mm-hmm. um, and the Vertex because Vertex is fun. Uh, but then I realized you could get the crossword on your phone. I was like, you know, maybe this is like a fun way to just try to see how much I know. And now I can't stop doing it every day. Um, and I realized how little I know about the world. See, I, I feel like I encounter multiple challenges in my daily life that remind me how little I know <laughs> that I don't need to seek them out <laughs> in an organized but, manner. But this is, okay, this is what I will tell you about it. I, um, Justin and I have gotten in the habit of trying to do it every day. Justin really, it, he finishes it one way or the other, whether I help or not, because he's on a streak and now this matters. You know you know how the, it starts to, now this matters. So it's a big deal to him. He's got to do it every day. Mm-hmm. Um there, yes, there is knowledge that people just must have and answer these questions quickly. Like, there's geography stuff that I'm like, yeah, never going to know that. Mm-mm, no. Um, or like a specific author or something. And it's like, if you just don't know that book or whatever. Or that song. Like or that song. Taylor yeah, Swift, you're yeah. never going to guess this. You know, you're not going to guess the name of someone. But then there's also like, there's vocabulary stuff. And I'm like, well, I can come in strong with some vocabulary. Like, I know some weird words. I know some weird words sometimes. And then the other thing about it is like, they like certain words over and over yeah, again. Yeah, that's the only thing that saves me is there are a couple that they'll use in probably every puzzle. So it's it's almost like it's a, if you start doing it, you get better at doing that. And I don't know that that's a life, like, you know what I mean? I don't know that my, like, I have yeah. a new life skill. <laughs> I've not gained any <laughs> new knowledge. I'm just getting better at doing the New York Times crossword puzzle because I know that like, they love the word epe and there's a decent chance that the word epe might be in the New York Times crossword puzzle. They also love air E-R-R mm-hmm. and air E-R-E and air E-R-E is always like palindromic 
poetry, whatever. Yes. You get that. They, like, okay, I They got love it. that. They love apps, APSE, mm-hmm. which is like a recessed area in a church see, see that this. I know now from. So which like, I'm realizing is just them trying to get a bunch of vowels. No, no, because like you two are very smart. And I guess this is like fun for smart people. Like, ooh, I want to feel a little challenged. I want to feel a little like I might not know things a little bit. Some of us just walk around all the time like that. Like, that's just like, I don't, I don't know. My, my freezer's working right now. My refrigerator's not. This is my current crossword puzzle. Like this, I know this doesn't some, this one part is the same part. One part work, one part doesn't work. <laughs> Why one part work, one part not work? And that's been me for two days. So I don't need a crossword puzzle. I'm just stupid. No, <laughs> Life is hard. You're not stupid. Here's the thing, oh, don't Tay. no, Taylor. You I are am not, not stupid. I am not like Justin in that I will complete it every day. If you look at my history on my little app, it's embarrassing because they're all half completed. Because I'll go through and I'll do all the ones I know immediately or can figure out based off the ones I know immediately, like filling in blanks. After that, if I can't easily figure out the rest of them, that crossword is done, in my opinion. I, they I are think, all half done. I think it's fun sometimes, but I will I like say the Monday ones. I, I just those wanna, are easiest. Yeah, the Monday ones. <laughs> Monday is easiest, Saturday is hardest, not Sunday. Not Sunday? No, Sunday is biggest, Saturday is hardest. Oh. Um the uh, Monday's easiest. Those I just are, those are, yeah, those yeah. are those are almost so easy that you're like, I'm a genius, but that's, no, they're just that's why really I love easy. doing yeah. them. Um, I'm glad no, that it's just, something that you two enjoy. I, it's just not my well, idea of fun is reminding myself of my inadequacies. No, no, but that, Life but does that, that is that all I'm getting me. at. That is all I'm getting at. I think if you can, if you like it, do it. If you don't, don't like anything. But I don't think being able to do it is a marker of intelligence is what I'm getting at. I think it's like, I used to feel that way about like chess. I thought I was a smart person, but I don't like I know I know conceptually how to play chess. Like I understand the rules, but that's it. And I never really wanted to learn more. And the few times I tried to get better at it, I got really frustrated and it made me feel like, well, I guess I'm not actually a smart person because if I'm actually a smart person, I would be good at chess. And eventually, especially like Justin got really into it for a while. And what we both discovered was like, no, no. You can just be good at chess and like you can be smart and be good at chess or you can not be smart and be good at chess. You can be a smart person who isn't good at chess or whatever. Like it just means you're good at chess. I think crossword puzzles from doing them a lot. It doesn't mean I'm smart. It's like I, you get good at doing a crossword puzzle. And I don't know if that's a life skill that I can use literally anywhere else. I can't I put it on my resume, ever, so it really does nothing for me at this point If in my there life. is a life or death situation where it requires solving a crossword puzzle, I do believe I would be better than the average person now because I've done it a lot. But that's literally the only way that this will ever make me, you know, that like that's the only leg up it will ever give me. I mean, it brings you joy. So that's enough. I just, I don't know. I don't yeah. Like that's it's like it's like what is it like the quiz nights at bars like mm-hmm. those I hate those oh I, ha- I I don't know enough trivia for those I always feel so dumb I know I I was invited to one a long time ago and my teammates would look at me like there'd be a category of like music I'm like Taylor you know about music you know this one I'm like no I don't and then I just would feel inadequate about all the things like I I'd gone out with a group of people who thought I knew things and progressively throughout the night. I showed them how little I know about the things that for whatever reason they presumed I knew about. And that just made me feel terrible. I, I will agree with you that as much as like I, I can I can enjoy trivia kind of things, I find those sort of social trivia situations very stressful because if you are someone who they assume has a specific body of knowledge, like Taylor, I, music or like art may be something people assume you would know about. For me, it's usually medicine or science, right? People assume, well, if the question is anything science, Sydney knows it. And first of all, I, I have a medical degree. That's like a tiny little piece of science. <laughs> There's a whole lot of science I don't necessarily know anything extra about. The trivia about. asks you to diagnose something. You might be able to do that. Maybe. Well, and then there's another level, which is, and you all, will, I think you'll understand what I'm saying. If you immerse yourself in a certain field of study and then you get asked trivia questions that are probably on the more basic level of it, right? Because they're trying to like get a lot of, something a lot of people might know. It's hard for your brain sometimes to know like, what well, I have this moment where I'm like, well, it can't be that. That's really obvious. 
Well, no, that's probably what it is. But like, I think too far and then I'll get it wrong. And does it feel, is there anything that feels worse than being like, I'm the scientist on the team and I missed the science question. And then everybody's looking at me like, are you even good at your job? Why do you, you know? And it's just like, so I understand. I hate those social trivia, like stress situations. I had never been until the campus bar at my law school did trivia and they give you a 50 they give your team a 50 dollar gift card to said bar if you win so we were like we go here so often and they have such a great happy hour if we get this 50 dollar gift card we'll be set like so many tater tots so many drinks um uh we got a team and of course we're all in law school so my you know knowledge of law and politics or anything does not make me special in this situation we all have that so we're all going around like, what do you know about? Like one of us was a history teacher. So like he's got all like the geography and history stuff down. Um, you know, one of us is super, super into music and like knows all this music stuff. And they come to me and they're like, well, you do a pop culture podcast. And I said, e- yeah, oh, if no. you want to categorize it like that. And they said, so pop culture. Oh, no, Just you can't. in general, how do you how do you broaden that out to such a large category? I was like, guys, that means you're expecting me to know this stuff about, like, not just movies and music, but pop culture also includes, like, events that have happened, like, mm-hmm. in celebrities' lives or in, like, the mass, the, you know, uh, knowledge, media, whatever, in, like, cult- culture or history. Like, there are so many TV shows that are just on that people are watching constantly I don't know. I don't even know what they're about. Like everyone, there's always a question about the Good Wife. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I've never watched. It, I don't know, but any, everyone seems to know about it. I don't know anything about the Good Wife. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I just that's. <laughs> the, the, could any of us answer a question about the Good Wife? No, I, I, it's a show. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. If TikTok all isn't I got. surfacing me bits of it, I don't know. Well, you know, I don't, I don't, people that have like a broad range of knowledge about many things, I'm always impressed by because like the things that I, I care about, I will know too much about. And then most everything else, I know nothing about. That's I, also how I yeah. am. I, I, I know very I have, little about I have things one, I don't need to know about. I have had I have the only the only shining moment of triumph I've ever had in a trivia setting is there was something about the states and you had to name how many states had something. It was something about letters in them or something like that. Oh, that state song. Pull and that I, out. I know that state song so I yep. can sing every state in alphabetical order. And so and I did that at the table quietly and we wrote down the states as we went. <laughs> And I want to imagine every, how you must have looked right there. The rest <laughs> of my mumbling cool. The rest of my team <laughs> looked at me in just awe. You know every state, and you know every state in alphabetical order. I think most people would say, like, "Well, I can name every state, but like, would it take you some time?" No, no, no. It takes me no time. It takes me exactly the amount of time I have to sing the song. See, I thought everyone had to memorize that state song. I just assume that's something that everyone did in their elementary no. school. Apparently everyone not. does not know. There are people out there who are listening who are like, oh, I know the state song. I know. I know some of you do. But like, not everyone knows the state I song. The state so it is song. a special skill you have. You didn't learn the state song, Ted? No, I definitely learned it. I forgot it. That's gone. Oh. It was there. And now it's, I'm, I'm, I moved that out. I was like, I don't need you anymore. I need to have it's, this trivia about Gundam Wing in my head. And it's <laughs> one of those things choices that... <laughs> like should not still be taking up space in my brain and when I'm in the middle of an exam or something where I need actual information it pops up and I'm like well why are you here I didn't mean to keep room for you I, you should have left so I could make room for something else and it just hangs on I, I don't know See, I, I, like, I went to a, a Sailor Moon trivia night once which was I would have thought would be oh, my time to shine Yeah, and it was also a frustrating experience because uh, I they asked who sang my what famous celebrity sang my only love and i was like no 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 there was a weird rumor that it was jennifer love hewitt but it wasn't it, jennifer love hewitt never sang that song and the answer was jennifer love hewitt it was wrong and i was so mm-hmm. mad that the question was not research was i was like because yeah. i wrote down music kitchen which is the band that's attributed on the website jennifer Sihi, I think, is the singer, but they operated under the group Music Kitchen at the time of the, yeah, the recording. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I wrote down, and then the point went to the team that said Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I was angry, 
And my friend was like, just be cool. We're all having fun. And I'm like, I'm no longer having fun. <laughs> See, this is this is the small fatal flaw. That yeah. would have done me in for the night, too. That's I would have been just but they're no wrong. fun for the rest of the night. <laughs> Can you imagine going up there and trying to explain to the, trivi- <laughs> the, to the, to the trivia master, like, excuse me. Um, I that's a mis- actually, actually a popular myth there, sir. <laughs> it's fairly, in fact, I think if you search Jennifer Love Hewitt and see the moon, the first thing, the fact that will come up is the fact that she did not have anything to do with it. I, I could, I have a phone. I could help us debunk <laughs> no. this myth right here if you'd like. <laughs> so many, just a simple Google search. <laughs> that's it's not. No, I don't. Just nothing. Nothing about this. Um, it's fun. Not, none of this. None of this, all of this. The best was when we we went to a drag brunch and uh, they do a drag trivia as well at the same place in the evenings. And they like told us about it at the end of the drag brunch and the only queer people in this group of friends are me and one other girl. And they looked at us and they were like, oh, well, you all should go. And we were like, well, if we go, like we can all go, you know, like we, we all did trivia once before. I, the two of us are not enough to form a standalone trivia team. They're like, well, but it's not for us. Like, and I'm like, well, we're, we're at drag brunch, guys. <laughs> like, what? Do you think it's all going to be about like gay stuff? <laughs> like, what do you think? <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. We didn't go. I would have loved to know what the questions were. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, what do they think the questions? I don't know. I think it's just trivia, like at a bar, but it's hosted would, by drag queens. Yeah, yeah that would be it. my guess. Yeah, I think that's all it is. Um, like, like, there's drag bingo, and I think yeah. it's just bingo. I don't think it's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, please uh, That's continue. just numbers. It's all gay numbers. Yeah, what would what would a gay <laughs> bingo be? What's the gayest number? Let me think. <laughs> what is the gayest number? Um, I don't know. I feel hmm. like three's... Why why does three feel gay? He's just like a weebly little guy. Oh, a three. Just a little three. <laughs> Is three a gay number? Three sounds gay. I don't know. I think because out of the first ten, it's like the most fanciful. Yeah, That's that right? Schoolhouse Rock song. Yeah. Three is a magic number. It's the gayest oh, number. see, they knew. They knew. I was I was right. Um, Could have gotten that question right. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, ca- spit. <laughs> what's the what gayest, gayest number? number three obviously <laughs> uh we've now spent 18 minutes talking I'm about so sorry <laughs> gay number we gotta talk about scream um yes that is one thing i could answer questions about in trivia i think scream is scream. Which, six is that what we just watched yes yeah, uh, Taylor. Where where in New York City is the yeah. um, shrine to the Scream Killers? Um, I don't. I, I found myself asking where in New York City this entire film was, other than the subway <laughs> scenes. I recognize the subway. Yeah. yeah. The, um, um, can I ask you right off the bat? Because I gotta know how realistic is it that on a subway car full of people, someone could? And I should say before we get into this, this is Scream, so yeah. it is a movie about violence and gore and you know it's just the next chapter in murder teenagers getting stabbed yeah so there is just there will be we will talk about stabbings um how realistic is it that someone would get stabbed in the back of a subway car and no one would even bat an eye i don't i feel like the answer i'm supposed to give is like oh yeah that could happen but like no i I feel like that because the specific setup for it is the subway car's lights keep going out and they seem to Mm -hmm. all be acting like this is a normal thing that's not like, there are certain trains where sometimes the lights will flicker. It is a rare occurrence. It's not like a... Because a, a, that's probably a pretty big safety hazard yeah. if the lights are out for a you know, yeah, that's, prolonged period of time. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a nice cinematic setup, but that uh, that is not as not accurate. Now, yeah. it seemed to be Halloween. I assume so, based on how many people were just walking around in screen well stab costumes yeah for the movie's purposes i think it was but i think actually new york city that is one thing i will say the amount of people just walking around in costume on any given day and you wonder where they're going i don't know Mm. (laughs) yeah 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 i mean i assumed i don't feel like it was referenced that it was halloween but they were at halloween it was i mean they were at costume parties and stuff so it was halloween but i don't feel like do you know what I mean? It I, start, that's what I think. It started at a Halloween party. Yes. On a like a nighttime at the beginning of the movie. And then I 
we assume it continues for several days, the events of this film. I don't think it all happens in one day. But by the end is when you see everyone still in costume. And it's like, I mean, if it's a week-long Halloween, I guess that makes sense. Unless it does all happen in the course of, like, two days. Yeah, because they... I don't know, because they do... Now that you say that, like, it does start... And you definitely get the vibe that it's Halloween... And then they have like that party. They have the news story about like everybody's buying the scream mask again or the stab mask, whatever they call it. Look, because someone that listen, I think that I think that trope and that was sort of always the scream thing is like if there was a serial killer, yes, people would be scared, but also mainly people would just be dumb about it and think it was funny and awesome and make jokes and wear the costume like that was always like and it's a very 90s sort of motif like it's the media they think it's they're glorifying all this blood and violence and everybody makes a joke out of it and nobody really cares because life means nothing because it's the 90s and like I feel like that vibe is kind of gone I don't know I mean (laughs) I feel like because the screen movies there's been six but the first one came out in what uh, 90... I don't know. 90-something. That's going to make me feel old 96. as soon as you say it. The first one came out in 96. You um, know, when I was 13 years old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that means there were, long, there were long gaps, I think, between... I think it was one through four all happened in, like, decent succession. Maybe one through three. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. most recent two or three have all happened. The most recent two have just been in the past year. Like... Five came out last year and six just came out this year, like very quick. Um, there's a big gap in like the culture in the screen movies. And I will say, I don't think it's, I know what you're saying. And I thought that when watching the original ones, but now like all the stuff that happened after the Dahmer series came out on Netflix and like the people that were wearing Dahmer costumes for Halloween and stuff like that. Like, I mean, true crime is like at its peak and we love talking about people that have gone through horrible things and done horrible things you know that's a that's so a, they might be exaggerating it a bit in terms of like you know how many people are really into doing that but um is that charlie's group message calling on your phone sorry yeah, that was sorry. really funny <laughs> cindy got a call from a group that said best friends <laughs> it's it's not my best friends i, I don't have a group on kids yeah. yeah i was gonna say i don't have a group on kids messenger called best friends i get Anytime she gets messages or calls on kids' messenger, they sense. also come through on my yeah. phone. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I, they, they exaggerate it for the purposes of a movie, but I do think the idea that as a culture, we just like like making icons and like legends out of horrible things isn't totally far-fetched. That's okay. As true. you say that, I, I agree. That is a good point. I feel like it it did shift especially with all like the murder murder shows and murder mm-hmm. podcasts and stuff i'm not calling out i know i as soon as i'm not calling out other podcasts but i do think it's a way <laughs> i do of, listen to those ooh. so like you know yeah. I would, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to call out murder podcast podcasts. beef <laughs> we now listen we do a very different kind of show um good podcast for starting beef mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh we I, I think that it is kind of a way of trying to like intellectualize or justify Mm -hmm. that same sort of gory fascination Mm -hmm. that like they're talking about it in a very like raw visceral way in the early screen movies but you're right that's what we do now except we try to make it like highbrow yeah as if it's not just like humans are we're i don't know we're we're animals and so like the actions of other animals fascinate us yeah and even if they're really horrible and we're horrified by them and we're repulsed by them and it's awful, we, I mean, it's, you stop and look at a car wreck. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what it is. Well, like, I, it's funny because I remember people, when, when the Dahmer show came out, people talking about, like, don't make this a Halloween costume. I, I'm sure both, if I saw someone in the, dressed up as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween, I would be disgusted, but I'm also sure that I will see people dressed up as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween yeah. this year based on mm. that show. Yeah. That's really interesting. And, uh, and and I don't know why they decided to revive the series when they did. Because, I mean, there's also this Scream TV series that happened somewhere in the interim. So, like, it never, like, stopped. I, I There was a clear pause, though, between them making films. And now they're making them, like, crazy. Um, and maybe that's reflective of the culture 
we're in because well, you're talking about you know how the 90s saw stuff mm-hmm. like that and then it there were not screen movies being made for much of like the 2010s and then into this modern era it, well and i i actually think and i, I don't want to get into this too much because i think this is the this is the ending sort of point of the whole thing i think if if the i don't know what they're trying to do with the overarching narrative with this new reboot but if the direction they're going is what I think they're trying to do, I actually think it's a really interesting current current commentary on the way we think about bad people, quote unquote, bad people versus good people and what makes someone do terrible things. And can we forgive or understand or relate to people who do terrible things? I actually think they might be saying something really interesting and thoughtful um but i also think you're limited in how you can do that in the format of a screen movie yeah (laughs) you know because it's still like we have to have a bunch of kind of cool teens which they did update i mean from i'm an old person but from my standpoint i feel like these are today's cool teens they had there i mean they're (laughs) early college students but you know yeah like is that's cool now like, yeah. those would be cool people you'd want to, like, hang out well, with. And and show, other are, than the murder part, like, you'd want to hang with these people. Yeah. And I think they're actually as close to teenagers as, you know, any mm-hmm. actors are. I feel like in the first Scream movie, it's like, there's no way these kids are really in high school. Um, but, I mean, Jenna Ortega is, like, 20. So you've got, you've got people who seem genuinely cool. Just like in the original Scream movie, it felt the same to me. Like, I wanted to hang out with these cool kids. When Randy would go on his... Mm-hmm. initial rants about scary movies i was like yep that sounds like friends i had mm-hmm. <laughs> so i know what you're sitting there wondering you're thinking to yourself do i have what it takes to hunt a killer i mean that's what we're all wondering all the time i'm, I'm pretty sure at least i am i'm about 75 percent of the time um and that's why today's episode is supported in part by hunt a killer the mystery entertainment company that creates immersive murder mystery games i can tell you that these are a ton of fun justin and i are a big fan of doing these at home as kind of like uh you know we got kids we can't go out hang out at the bars and stuff anymore but we can do a hunt a killer game at home just the two of us and it's a fun date night uh basically you get all the evidence you can examine it you can eliminate suspects and uh, the whole thing is immersive and engaging. There are plot twists. You use problem solving and deduction skills together to determine um, which of this stuff they sent me is relevant, which of these people's uh, statements are telling the truth. And then finally, you figure out the means, the motive, the opportunity. It's a ton of fun. I know Riley loves doing them. They're great for families to do together. Um, they're great for team building events if you wanted to, or even if you just... Uh, want something that's not a television show to do on your own at home in the evening. This is a great way um, to spend an evening doing something other than watching TV. So Hunt a Killer, uh, you should definitely check it out. I know everybody in our family enjoys these. Um, We share them with friends. Uh, I I can't recommend this enough as a great way to spend an evening doing something that will get your brain working and be a ton of fun. So head over to Hunt a Killer at HTTPS dot slash slash bit dot ly slash hunt a killer underscore buffering got that hunt a killer underscore buffering and use buffering for 10 percent off your order of immersive murder mystery games today thank you to hunt a killer for sponsoring this episode i've wanted to hang out with matthew lillard since scream and that will continue forever i think yeah. Did, even after you found out that he was one of the killers. Yeah, I think even more so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Was, I never. Because <laughs> to me, he didn't have a reason for being a killer other than he was just such a good buddy. Yeah. And that. <laughs> That's true. To me, he's like, yeah, I, I like this guy. <laughs> Taylor, I don't. Let's not dissect that. No, let's definitely not move on. I kind of feel. I kind of feel bad for him though, because the way they talk, because they go back and they talk about in the screen movies, because they're, it's so meta the way they do it. It's hard to follow sometimes. But the real murders, the murders that we're seeing happen, are happening in real life, and then a movie franchise is being made in the movie universe called Stab. Yes. So the real killers that we know as the real killers from our movies are also the real killers in their movies. It's it's a good way to give the current characters a complete encyclopedic knowledge of, of everything, everything yeah. that's happened in the previous movies because they don't have to know the people 
they have seen the stab movies. Yeah. And so it it helped the characters on screen have the same knowledge that we the audience do. Yeah. Um, which allows them I, I think that's kind of a little bit of a downfall though, because I will be completely honest. When Hayden Panettieri showed up and they have that moment where she stands up and you, it's clear from the camera, from the cut, from the Where's shot Kirby? that, well, that was clearly what we were all supposed to think. And both Justin and I looked at her and then I went, is that Hayden Panettieri? And he said, yeah, I think so. Was she in a scream movie? And then she showed the stab wound or the yeah. scar. And I was like, oh, she must have been. I, Who I, is this? I feel like that they that they assumed we remembered everything from the Scream movies a lot more than all of us did. Because I'm sitting there going, you're not Nev Campbell. I don't know. Well, <laughs> three is arguably one of the least discussed and what people usually say is like the worst or one of the worst. And that's what she was in. She was in three. And that was the last one they made because I looked up to see how close they were, by the way. And it was... One and two were 96 and 97, one after another. Three was in 2000, and they made four out of nowhere in 2011, and then 22 and 23 for five and six. So after three, they didn't, it wasn't I good could, enough to I make another screen movie remember. for 11 years. I did not remember so, her. She, three was the one where it was on the movie set. I think she was in four. Yeah. Oh, I thought she was in three where they were on the movie set. If she was in four, that would make more sense to me because... Um, yeah, 2011. That would have gotten lost in my. She was in four. Okay. Residency years. I probably didn't see that anytime. That's the same one with with Emma out. Roberts as the You're surprise right. killer. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah that that one that I, when she she showed up I like I knew the actress and I could understand from her scar that she must have been stabbed previously from a stab from a stab um, stabber. <laughs> uh, before that though, I was going to say I feel bad for. I feel bad for uh, for old Matthew Lillard because everyone says the first scream killer was Billy Loomis. He's just forgotten. It's like now, wait a minute, guys. He had a he had a buddy. Had a they both did the killing. Who was so supportive he, that he killed people? You shouldn't do yeah, that. Can, but it's Matthew Lillard, and he was he made it yeah. charming. But can I tell you though that it is not fair? So they so they okay. So the two sisters are being stalked again by the scream killer. Yeah. Um, Jenna Ortega. Wednesday Adams is just trying to have a normal teenage life. Well, mm-hmm. young adult life. She's in college in New York now, I guess, and yes. like going to parties. And but, but her older sister is like super intense about safety and stuff. Well, and her older sister carries a dark passenger because she's Billy Loomis's daughter, and so she <laughs> she's struggling with she the urge to murder. She literally sees him everywhere. <laughs> yes, a terrible CGI version. <laughs> I can. Is it CGI or is it just him? But like. He, he, it's, it's supposed to look the age that he was in yeah. the first movie, uh-huh. but he's yes, he's still a very handsome man, but he's just much older. It's him, but they have CGI'd him to make him look the age he was. Mm. Yeah, just I'm sure I'm sure he's very handsome. Just show him now. Well, I th- but their why thinking would his is probably <laughs> he he died yeah. at the age he was in the film. I know, you know but, what I mean. Well, no, I understand that, but just you know, like we can. Uh, it's weird. It's <laughs> it just weird. weird. Like I am more focused on how weird it looks than how it's him that's why he's always kind of (laughs) see-through yeah but uh okay so there where where were we going there's sisters yes she carries she carries a dark passenger because billy loomis is her father sorry our mother keeps calling she knows we're recording a podcast i know she knows we're recording a podcast right now um (laughs) But uh, uh, she didn't okay. know Billy Loomis was her father until the last movie. And so, okay, so they're being stalked and they eventually find, with the help of Gail Weathers, who ha- of course has to show up. Courtney Cox is always up in there. Um, Gail Weathers shows up and leads them to like, hey, look at this place. It's a shrine to the scream killer. Um, look, there's everything from all the old movies, all of the props from, they just dug through the, the prop room from every set, from every scream movie and put them in this old abandoned theater. Um, and among them is the TV that killed Matthew Lillard. Except they make, they there's the side note. Maybe he didn't die. Some, I forget which character says it. What if it didn't kill him? There are some theories he didn't die. If they were, someone makes that comment. Maybe, maybe if they were going to bring somebody back for the next movie, because I'm sure there'll be a next one. It's got to be Matthew Lillard. uh, This was all I could think was, how dare you, (laughs) How dare you suggest to me that maybe I'm going to get Matthew Lillard, that maybe that's going to be it. And then don't 
don't deliver on that. Don't don't put that thought in there. Because, I mean, how excited, how I'd be rooting for Matthew Lillard at that's that the, point. I mean, yeah. I like these two sisters, but I, I don't know. Maybe that's where this trilogy is leading, you know, because it'll be like yeah. the, the, the Billy Loomis is the dark passenger of the of the daughter facing off against the. I mean, he seems super dead, <gasps> to be fair. He seemed super very much dead in that yeah. first movie. But I do I do think that there's such a renaissance for the first movies. Like, I don't know, TikTok keeps feeding me like super cuts made by like 20 year olds yeah. of Scream 1 and I'm like this is yeah. weird <laughs> you guys like are fan like, yeah. fans of Matthew Lillard <laughs> yeah but well, you know what I'm for it and he was just on he was also featured in the Boulay Brothers Halfway to Halloween special so oh. I'm here for this spooky Matthew Lillard revival moment put him in the next Scream movie bring him back bring him back only he's not there to kill Sam he's there to help her kill oh, he's there to help unlock redemption. her dark passenger <laughs> So he can be the buddy of his best friend's daughter, because that's the and help her kill. Or that's the thing about these movies that I thought we were going to get into more in this one because they hint at it a lot in the first one. Yes, I say first one, the first of this trilogy, and the fifth one, Um, the first with these characters. That she does not just kill in self defense; she does. But at the end of the fifth one, she kills her boyfriend because he ends up, of course, the new guy ends up being one of the Mm -hmm. scream killers. Uh, so she kills him because he's trying to kill her, but does so in a very, very, very overkill way. And afterwards sees Billy Loomis and he's like, thumbs up. Great job. I know you (laughs) enjoyed that. No notes. That was great. That's my girl. Uh, so we know she like enjoys. And she does it again in this movie when she, when she finally kills, because there's three, there's sorry, spoilers. There's three scream killers. Yeah, that was new. I think usually there's been two at most, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't remember three. Well, or have there... There's been one. Was, there's been like a single mm-hmm. one. And then there's been two. I don't think there's ever been three. Was, uh, uh, I don't know what to call him because to me he's Russell from New Girl. Um, the dad. Uh, Dermot McRooney. Yes. McDermott. McDermott. McDillon Dermot Rooney. There are two actors. One is named Dylan McDermott and the other is named Dermot Milrooney. And he's one of them. <laughs> yes. Or I may have gotten those names mixed I, up and turned them into new names. Uh, it, it, Dur- Dermot Mulroney. That's that's yeah. that's the one, one he this is. is. This one. This uh, is no shade on this actor. He's a very handsome older man. Yeah. So he's always been. I feel like he's always been that. Like I've always looked at him and thought, oh, what a distinguished older gentleman. I think he's very handsome. <laughs> but is he ever behind the mask? Is he ever actually doing the killing, or is he the whole time? staying who he is and letting his two kids do it to like continue the ruse you know what i mean i don't know did they make that clear no i i don't know which one of them killed like that both of them killed different people throughout the because we think the one is dead yeah one girl gets killed big time which then we're supposed to believe that they did they kill a random person and replace her body with well because the dad you know what i mean the dad's a he's a detective he's a cop. a cop yeah so yeah yeah he, he can pull that stuff yeah so, so he, like so they he just, just brought a random somebody girl and and replaced his da- his daughter's body with this other yeah. girl it, that's a weird like i don't know in the past the killers they've always had some sort of relationship to like previous characters mm-hmm. for the most part but this is a little bit more direct when it's like this is the family of the last killer that this girl murdered seeking revenge and it's the whole family doing it together it it yeah. makes it a little not too real but a little bit too emotionally resonant to be like oh it's not just it's a it little is. less yes, goofy it than i want it to be <laughs> especially it because in that whole last scene of course it takes place in the scream museum and of uh-huh. course they use all of the previous scream props and costumes for their series of murders um they're showing a movie a home movie that the killer from the last movie made talking about like his dad's talking about how he wanted to be a filmmaker Mm -hmm. and he had all these dreams and all these goals and look at what he did and he was so talented and i saw the pictures of what you did to him or whatever like i know you didn't just kill him in self-defense i saw what you did to him it's like dang this is more emotionally charged than usually these screen monologues are because the one girl the Mm -hmm. one who's the scary movie expert um whose name i can't think of now she's also in yellow jackets Mindy. Mindy. Yeah. Um, 
she says she missed the monologue because there's always the monologue. Yeah. But it's a very emotional monologue. It is. It is. And I, I think that that was rough. Um, I think they try to downplay it by like the idea of the family wanting to take revenge on the person who killed their, killed his son, killed their brother, even though like he was a killer too. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea that they would want to take revenge is not that out of the realm of like, okay, well you can see where they would feel that way. But then the idea that they would do it in a way where they like terrorize and murder others and, you know, like plot and scheme. And I mean, you know, that I think that's how we take it out of the realm of they don't just come after her with a gun. Yeah. You know? Well, it's it's well, I mean, the the movie, I think we should mention also opens up with there's a whole other set of scream killers that are ready to stalk the sisters. And then this family wipes them out. Because they're just yeah. people lining up in ghost masks to kill these two sisters, which is kind of yeah. distressing. Samara Weaving was the perfect first celebrity victim because oh. they still keep going with that trope. Um, well, but, but yeah, there are two guys who planned on killing the sisters specifically to finish the mm-hmm. movie or whatever. And they both get killed. Yeah. I mean, I think like focusing less on here are the good guys and here are the bad guys and the good guys always win. It's maybe... Maybe trying to question the cycle of violence. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think we went quite I, that deep, but I think that's a bigger theme in the Scream movies. Well, in the way I, they end it, I have to imagine that is what I assume they're making another in this series because of these characters. Um, but the way they end it very much seems like it will be the older sister whose name is that Sam? Sam. Is she the older one? Yeah. Uh, fighting Billy Loomis, <laughs> telling her to kill more people well and i think that's what i was going to say is i think what could be interesting and i don't know again because it is a screen they're screen movies and so they have to be kind of campy and you know like they they can't lean too hard into the drama um i i do wonder if what they're trying to do is we have taken these last two movies we've taken this journey with this older sister who it's not her fault that her dad was a murderer, you know, like you don't get to choose whose DNA you have. It's not her fault that because of that, she was probably raised in a pretty messed up situation. It sounds like her mom has a lot of issues and wasn't necessarily emotionally supportive or there for her. And because her mom had her own stuff she was dealing with. And like, you can imagine that her whole life has been sort of shaped by this thing that was not her fault and out of her control We've watched her do nothing but try to survive and protect her little sister for the last two movies. Who she didn't know, which I had forgotten, she didn't have a relationship with her, really know mm-hmm. her at all at the beginning of the last movie. Yes. I guess the age gap, she left the house as soon as she turned like 18 and the and Jenna Ortega, um, I don't know her character name, was still very young. And if they if they take that into this last movie or even further, into a point where she becomes the ghost face killer because of all this, you will have an audience who loves her and cares about her and is empathizing with her and rooting for her who suddenly has to accept that also she's about to do terrible things. Which they, they which do is a, show her putting on mm-hmm. Billy Loomis's mask specifically to kill the scream killer. She doesn't just like, oh, I got to pull out a knife and like get rid of these people. She like puts on a costume. Yes, she becomes Ghostface yeah. to kill... To kill the killer. So again, like right now it's all justifiable. And so we're still on her side. But I think I think they could do something really interesting to say exactly that about the cycle of violence and about what trauma does to a person and about how like if you saw them on their entire journey until that moment where they do something horrible, maybe you understand why they do the horrible thing. And then at that point, maybe you empathize with them. And then where are you? I mean, like that's a, that's not a, a comfortable place to put your audience, but that's. That's a really well. And they tried to do that with Billy Loomis, I think, for in a one movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, they gave Billy Loomis a somewhat empathetic background. Yeah, like they tried to give you that sense by the end of it, like, oh, well, maybe we should feel bad for him. But it's but different. it's also all in one movie, and it's just kind of you don't find out about all that until after he's done all these things. It's different when you experience it along with the character. Yeah, you know, and then because like right now, do you think any of the murders she has done? are like unjustified no because i guess she's only killed scream killers stab killers so like face killers so like right now even though like it's clear she kind of likes it every time she does it she sees her dad just pop up like good job girl Mm -hmm. proud of you 
when she doesn't just like murder i mean she doesn't just like stop them she you know very very much murders them yeah yeah i I don't know it's funny because this kind of loops back around when you're talking about like the the true the true life like serial killer stories where they always start off with telling you about the serial killer's background and i feel like that's the thing that kind of made me just i stopped listening to that kind of stuff because i am i do think explanations for how somebody gets some way matter that people aren't just monsters and oh no some sometimes yeah. people are like either everybody has reasons but there's never an excuse for for yeah no that doesn't negate all the things they did yeah but it is yeah. it's like we're, we're empathetic creatures it's natural right. that if you understand somebody's motives for something it's it's a lot harder to see a moral line to to, yeah. to right or wrong so well know. and that yeah. that's and that and that that's the next part of that conversation, which I do think you're right, Tay. It's important to get to, which is like understanding that people aren't just like black and white, bad and good. You know, yeah. that's it's that simple. That there's a lot of gray in there, and there's a lot of reasons that lead people to take all the actions they've taken. Like all of that is really important. But then the next step in that conversation is, but it doesn't justify it because while something might not be your fault, if you if you carry this baggage with you it is your responsibility yeah how you how you handle it how you manage it how you get help for it does become your responsibility yeah well i think for every story you hear of somebody that was put up like had to deal with horrible things in like childhood or whatever and thus that's the reason they became a that's the justification for the things Mm -hmm. they did there's probably a thousand people that had the same circumstances in their youth and did not become like right. that, like the ghost face killers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like that's what's like. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it's easy to be like. Well, look at the look at the background. Look at the sad background. It's like how many people do you think walk around with a sad background right. and they're not murdering people? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Most I, uh, of us, I'd say. Yeah, I I am excited to see what they do because of course they always start with like the media coverage of what we just saw in the last one to kind of remind you. And this one, everyone thought she was already the ghost face killer they thought she did the last ones and she had framed her ex and now i assume it will go into the next one saying she did all of these because mm-hmm. i mean she did kill all those people in that theater yeah uh, her and her sister i guess but um I, I assume it will continue the conspiracy online that she did all of them and then at that point is she like well f it they all think i did it anyways you know, I mean, eventually, yeah, I think that's, I don't know. Yeah, I like um, how they brought in, like, message boards and Reddit as a source yeah. of evil. Like, this is how the, the killers spread the rumors that, that the sisters were murderous. was like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, through this. Yep. yep. It's going to sound bad. The one thing that didn't happen in this movie that usually does, especially in the last one, because we lost Dewey. Um, usually they'll kill off someone. And mm-hmm. actually kill off someone that you're like, I can't believe they did that. Because they make a point of saying, like, no rules, anyone can die. And they do that in this movie. She says anyone could die, yeah. even the main characters. I don't think anyone, except for the ghost face killers, and then the guys at the beginning, uh, actually... The, the girlfriend. Dies. She's new to the friend group, but the yes, Mindy's, the girlfriend. Mindy's girlfriend. Oh, that was sad. Yeah. Yeah, she's the only sad. one. Yeah. Like, Mindy gets stabbed, she's okay. Gail Weathers gets shot, she's okay. Mm-hmm. We think frat boy chad. boyfriend yeah chad uh is gonna die um, miraculously he's okay yeah people really survived some stuff in this one yeah uh I was hayden panettieri that. went uh, yeah. it's okay yeah well we'll see i assume they're gonna make a seventh one i got it because i guess yeah. i feel like this is operating as a new trilogy like four yeah. kind of stands alone as its weird thing and then yeah. there's gonna be another one to wrap this one up i, I think you're right and no, no Nev Campbell though. That, yeah, Never they didn't. Know. Well, First they, they didn't pay her enough for the last one, right? That was, yeah. Although you know, it, it the way that Gail Weathers was like, she deserves her happy ending. <laughs> I felt like that was her way of looking through the camera, like she's not in the movie. Guys. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. She's not in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And then Hayden Panettiere being like, "I'm ever, back. I'm back. If you ever need me, I'm here." And it's like, "Oh, okay, you're Sydney now." I yeah, gotcha. that's I, I got that vibe. Like, yeah. This is where the writers went. Oh no, we need like the the second act like old school character to show up but it can't be Nev Campbell what can we do all right we got it Kirby we can't believe can we get I can't believe they brought someone from Scream 4 for that but can I say how much it and I, I don't I didn't realize how much the Dewey music had worked its way into my brain mm-hmm. that when 
uh, Courtney Cox is having that. She's having a conversation with with the one of the sisters about like people that you you just have to like find like a a person and like I don't know. It was like she, clearly she was talking about Dewey and they just mm-hmm. play the sting of his music in the background. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was I wasn't ready for that because <laughs> they showed his little his little part of the Scream Museum yeah. with yeah. like his little drawing of him and his badge or whatever. I don't know that that got me. Yeah, that got me too. Yeah. Well, thank you all for watching this new Scream movie and talking about it with me. Um, I assume there will be another one probably in the next year for us to talk about. So. Bringing back Matthew Lillard. I'm yeah. going to manifest it. Oh, we I imagine. Help. We can hope. Putting it out there right now. Or can he have a child that nobody knew about and then maybe they team up and become murder buddies? Yeah, with the spirits of their dead fathers. I don't care. She goes. She goes and finds. I want it to be another girl. I want it to be two women. Yeah. And she goes and finds Sam, and they're the new Billy Loomis. And what's his character's uh, name? And then Stu. 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 And, and they're the new I duo. Think, and then I think Jenna Ortega is going to have to stop them. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's the final girl. She's the final girl. Yeah. <sighs> well. Well. Make it happen, Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we want. This is what the people want. Free pitch. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Thank you all. Uh, Sydney, what is next? Uh, next, I was hoping you all would watch a few episodes of Scrubs to talk right. to me about. I will do it. Um, it's it's out there somewhere. I don't know where I'm watching it. I found it and started to rewatch Hulu? not too long ago. I think it's on Hulu. I think it's on Hulu. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. So the new Scream movie was, was enjoyable. Thank you, Scream. I liked it. Thank you, Scream. <laughs> Or stab, whatever you are. Yeah. It's hard to tell now. Um, if you do decide to w- watch the new Scream movie, it is very much like the other Scream movies, as we've already said, in that there's lots of stabbing and blood and yeah, it's violence. intense and it's very violent. So yeah, just, you know, if that if, if you don't mind that sort of thing, there you go. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great shows there. Uh, you can tweet at us at stillbuff. You can email us at stillbuffingmaximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I'm still buffering. And I am too. Next time we visit you, Tay, can we find the screen, the secret screen? <laughs> it's, 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 it's not one. Oh. I'm sorry. I gotta take you to a, a new bagel space on my, on my block. That sounds good to you. I'll take that. Hey, you could make the Scream Museum. No, no, that, that, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Trans representation in media is at an all-time high, with trans entertainers gracing the screens large and small. But trans voices, especially black trans voices, are rarely centered in our own stories. That's why we bring you a new limited series called We See Each Other, the podcast, co-hosted by me, journalist, and better half of the Max Fun Podcast, Fanti, Travel Anderson, and me, award-winning journalist and media personality, Shar Jossel. All of it is based on my book, We See Each Other, A Black Trans Journey Through TV and Film. Now listen, folks, we're having a very different kind of conversation. It's giving kitchen table talk. Mm-hmm. We get into the discourse. Honey, tune into We See Each Other the podcast at maximumfun.org or wherever you get slayworthy audio. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.